Good evening, friends. Welcome back to Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your slightly alternate Monday? Oh, yeah, we're on a Tuesday. It's, that's definitely it's a Tuesday. Uh, offers. Uh, it's, it's before Turkey Day, Dennis. Yeah. Do you, do you, do right. you like uh, Turkey? In the United States, for our international listeners, uh, it is the uh, holiday coming up this Thursday called Thanks- We Have Thanksgiving. It's mm-hmm. a holiday to celebrate the Native Americans and uh, pilgrims that came over together. Uh, and we always celebrate it by having a huge feast of stuff. Kind of another celebration for the harvest time, I guess. And yeah, yeah, it's basically a it's basically a harvest festival. Yeah, and and, and you know we we do have lots of harvest festivals as you said right around this time. Uh, but you know, family, it's really a big time for family to get together and have a big meal. Maybe watch some football if that's it's your family's thing. Um, mm-hmm. And the uh, that's this Thursday, so yep. uh, you know we we have a little bit of mix up. And I know you're down with family right now, right? You're remotely recording. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, you're always going to be remotely recording in general, but. Right. Well, I mean, we've done a couple episodes recently where I was at your house. (laughs) True. In in the same room. That happened last week, in fact. Yes. Um, Or did it? I don't know. The days are all a blur. (laughs) Um, Now that you travel all the time, it's kind of like, are days even real? I mean, is there a schedule? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't we didn't get into this last week, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. But um, my my plans were altered. Uh, pray do not alter them further. <laughs> nice. um, from from two three weeks ago, whenever I left up north, um, I stayed in Bloomington longer than I anticipated. Um, we did the tailgate that we mentioned last week, um, but in the week before, I I uh, got injured falling off of a um electric scooter oh yeah that, uh, that so the, the, the psa for kids and well not kids but <laughs> yeah, right. uh, the, the people of people of drinking age I, I do not recommend um riding those electric scooters while intoxicated <laughs> yes uh, De- definitely har- learn so, the, the hard way yeah lesson learned the hard way um but no no permanent damage done if anybody was uh worried about that but i i stayed in the area um up in southern Indiana longer than I anticipated. I did not go down to camp in Tennessee and then was in town just long enough to, uh, A, come back to Bloomington and see Ghostbusters Afterlife with you and our buddy Pat, mm-hmm. which we'll talk which about that a cool. later. That was cool. That was cool. I know you had kind of ma- maybe mentioned at that time. It's funny when when, when that happened. You, we all know Dennis is a, is a nomad rumor and uh, n- right. nowadays. And Pat and I had planned to go watch this Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we... Sydney and the three of us pull up to the to the thing, mm-hmm. walk away, and all of a sudden we hear, "Hey, nerds!" And it was Dennis behind us. Randomly. Yeah, I happened to <laughs> I happened to pull in just after you guys, so I I saw you there. But um, I did that, and then uh, and then before I could uh, complete my plans to take my camper down to Tennessee, I got a stupid uh, error light on my mm-hmm. Jeep, and so that's back in the shop again. And I'm down at my um, sister and brother in law's place in Tennessee for for Thanksgiving. Um so that is that is all of all of my backstory, but I was in the Bloomington area long enough to do um our Thanksgiving tailgate, which is fun. Uh, I think it's a good time. I think this year has been the most like football games slash tailgates that I've been to since I left town. Oh, yeah. Um Yeah, yeah I agree. You've been in a lot of them. Yeah, partly because um 
I went out to Maryland and met up with, again, our buddy Pat, and we saw an IU game and tailgated in Maryland. So I've actually been to four tailgates this year. You know, it, it's also a little different now that you can, like, just take your house with you, right? Mm-hmm. You just, uh, hey, you want to go, let's say, to Bloomington before, you'd have to stay at somebody's house. Now you just, you know, back it up here and you got your house wherever you're at. Or, yeah. or yeah. Bedford and- or Tennessee or wherever it might be. Right, right. And so I came up for the tailgate and that was our, or I say our, um, our our friends Trotsky and Brad uh, put that on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, for every IU home game. And then when there's a game, it's, I don't know if it happens every year. It seems like it happens almost every year. The last home game of the season is pretty close to Thanksgiving. And so they do tailgates giving um, and... Uh, you know, deep fried a turkey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and all of that good stuff. And we, what did we, we played some games at the. We played strike. The, um, we talked, we, we talked about that last week. At the tailgate. We talked about that last week with the dice, dice throwing. And I feel like, I feel like we played another game. Did we? Oh, we did. We did it at, because when we came back to the house, we were after the, after the game. You, yeah, me, yeah, our buddy I, Pat, and our buddy Trotsky all played. It was at Trots. It was at Trotsky's house. Yeah. I thought that we played another game at the tailgate, but maybe, maybe we didn't. Or if we did, uh, uh, Trotsky will remind us. But yeah, we went back to Trotsky's place, mm-hmm. and we played a racing game called. Oh, it was like K nine or something. Tails. Oh yeah, snow snow tails. Yeah. Snow tails with a T A I L S. Yeah. Uh, it's a um Iditarod dog sled racing. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they call it like formula dog or something like that yeah some something like that so um this was kind of a weird one um it's it's hard to have a really good impression after only having played it once yeah. but um you have uh each player has a little um board thing that's their sled yeah. um and the sled has two cards in the front that represent two dogs and then they have brakes which is you know where the where the rider driver driver. whatever stands um and on your turn you play cards to modify those three numbers and the amount that you move is the sum of the two dog values minus your braking value and then just like um well not just like but similar to formula d there are um sort of checkpoints where you have to be below a certain speed or you take damage and damage is in the form of filler cards in your hand um and the difference between the left and right dog determines how much you move um in a turn like from one lane to the other and so all of that made it very puzzly like very difficult to control where your sled was going to go and it didn't seem to like it does have a catch-up mechanic, um, but that catch-up mechanic is that if your two dog values are the same, in other words, you're going straight, um, you have the option of adding your position in the race to that number. So if you're in fourth place, you get four bonus spaces, but that only helps you if you're going straight. And most of the track that we did had very little straightaway, and then would hit these curves where you had to be you know under three or four speed and so you couldn't you couldn't really use it even if you you know 
contrived the opportunity to do so. And so even though we moved, we switched um, um, placings a little bit throughout the race, um, it didn't feel like, like once I was behind, like I was either going to be third or fourth, but I was never going to pass you or Pat. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I was always leading the whole game and I finished like Mm -hmm. a whole turn above everyone else, like real far away. And honestly, it could, like you said a couple of times, you know, it's, it's hard to, to gauge on one play, but that, right. that catch-up mechanic, uh, I agree. It, there should have been something, e- even if, and it could have just, again, been that board, been our play, who, who knows. Um, but, um, and we're noobs, so maybe you guys just suck at, you know, keeping up. But um, honestly, the catch-up mechanic could be not on straightaways. And if everybody was kind of together, it would have been a little bit more interesting. Right? Everybody got, just got, kept getting mm-hmm. more and more spread out was the thing. I, I, t- yeah. I something I did like was that the board makeup is these, you know, like puzzle piece boards that you put together and the tracks can be so different from each other. Um, and Mike showed us a couple of the track pieces that are interesting with, with trees and different curves and rocks and narrowing passageways. And like it all seemed like that would be very cool and keep people together maybe, um, or cause more, um, decision-making type stuff, but yeah, it, it was fine. I like, I liked the mechanic of the, the dogs. I liked how, um, you know, you slow one down or you speed one up and you can make them turn that kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. I, that was unique and pretty cool. And you had your hand. Uh, I, I, I often shy away from, um, dice. No, I shouldn't say I like dice. I love roll. I love the act of rolling dice. I just don't like randomness of dice. Um, so this doesn't have mm-hmm. dice, right? And it has uh, random from the deck that you pull numbers from. And for some reason, that just makes it better for me. Like when I have sure. cards in my hand, I know that at least these four or whatever are something, it's a known factor. And the fifth one's the random thing, you know? Uh, but I can still make decisions. On a dice roll, you, you're, you're always on a, on a whim, on a, on a hope, you know, that it's going to happen. So anyway, that that, yeah. that part was, the only was the only sort of gripe I had with the with the dog and the card mechanic is that it was backwards, and I think that yeah. this yeah. thing yeah, yeah. Trotsky said a lot of people on the Board Game Geek forums say, um, and what I mean by that is if you have two dogs, a, a left and the right dog, and the one on your left is a two, and the one on your right is a five the sled is going to turn to the right where the stronger dog is. And I'm like, if I am in a, am in a tank and the tank has two treads and the one on the right is moving faster, I'm going to turn to the left. Yeah. Like that's, and if, if I have two dogs and a stronger, faster one is on the right, it's going to pull my sled to the left because they're tied together in the middle. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know the you know that I don't that, think that was me because it was just a terrible a terrible design thing, choice because they could have done it the other way just fine, right? They could have just changed that rule. Yeah, yeah, and so I think it seems like a game that could be really good with a couple of tweaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, house rules. It, it was fun. Uh, now I, I'm also notorious for not liking racing games. Um, sure, the fact that this was dogs and not gear cars 
probably made it a little bit better for me. Um, just just the theme. Yeah, the, the theme. The theme, I think. Um, and I don't know why. I, I do. I actually do okay at racing games. I just, I just, they're just not my thing. And I think, you know, I love themes. I'm a sucker for stupid things like Marvel and Star Wars. Um, so, sure. whatever. But, um, yeah, it's fine. I'd, I'd give it a, above average for sure. It was a, it was a fun, successful, well thought out game with a lot of options. Um, if you like racing games, do you say, would you say it was a, it's a little bit lighter than Formula D? I, I felt it was. I mean, we play it. It had the the two different difficulty modes, yeah. and we played the the more basic one. Um, but even at that, I I don't know. I mean, I Formula know. D like, has has a thing where the... you go around a track multiple times. That's one thing. Yeah, and this one has yeah. like you take a turn. That's it. The track is unique, and that's it. And you run it once, right to the finish line. Right. That's pretty yeah. pretty different for for all the things. Um, yeah, I mean a decent number of differences. I don't know that the that the you know the cards to two sides determining how you can change lanes and stuff is easier or simpler than the gear die system in Formula D. Um, it's that's probably kind of a toss up. Definitely in advanced play, I think Formula D is much more complicated. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we played that one, and then afterwards, do we play another one after that? Yeah, we played a, a um, uh, what do I say? Not expansion, or a re-implementation or something. I don't know what word to use there. Of uh, Seven Wonders called Seven Wonders Architects. Oh, th- this game is, this game is, um, can, I, can I describe it real quick? Sure, go for it. The description is, don't play it when you're drunk. <laughs> that's, that, that's 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 my description I, because I, I can't remember much of it like that's when we started really getting going and it was i have a feeling it was, it was fun a little though. late in the night yeah. so um you can look up you know video with better description than i can give right now but it's basically if you've ever played seven wonders and you know that um the game is not as complicated as it seems there's just a lot of kind of complex scoring mm-hmm. um, and remembering like which colored cards do which things. Um, I remember and, the, the turns were fast, right? Is that that correct? Am I saying? Yeah. So so this takes the the a lot of the big picture ideas of Seven Wonders, like a seven player game. The idea that you are um, you have kind of multiple paths to victory. Um, but you're gathering resources to build a wonder and you also are doing some some fighting some pvp sort of mm-hmm. um you have some direct like point cards um yeah i remember that and now. you have and you have and you have science that's another that gives you another sort of thing and in this in a similar way to how seven wonders duel um takes those ideas and and sort of remixes them and and simplifies them. Um, this one uh, it is the same way. There's no hand passing. Instead, you have this um, between two cities concept of there's a deck between each yeah. uh, between each player, and you can choose from one on either side of you. So if I have like there's a card I really don't want on the top of the deck between me and Trotsky, and I'm like. Trotsky, you want that card? Just just pick it up, and, and you know, yeah. and then whatever's under it is available to me. Um, and then you just 
draw these resource cards and the parts of your wonder, they're all, you know, historic buildings, Lighthouse of Alexandria and Pyramids of Giza and stuff like that, will be really simple formula. Like you need two resources that are the same yeah. or you need three resources that are different. And if you meet that goal, you flip them over, you turn them in. Um, it's really a much faster. It brings Seven Wonders closer to the um, the, the board game arena experience of Seven Wonders, yeah. which is when we did that, we were like, oh, this game is much more similar to Sushi Go than it seems. Yeah. When you play it in person, there's so much math and so much admin that um, you there's just all this overhead um, to playing that when you're playing online on a, you know, on an app um it's just really streamlined and that's how this um board game experience was i i, I would agree now that i remember mo- most of it i i i think that you're right it's very streamlined uh i didn't mind it at all because it was like th- this is gonna be my theme in this little mini review is that uh i didn't mind a lot of things because it was quick like we, we played like mm-hmm. two games i remember right we, or at least and we were just kind of going through quickly and it was fun maybe three yeah. and yeah maybe three and um, it wasn't a big deal. You know, you, you go on and, and games that play fast, you can you know, overlook some things, right? Especially the randomness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, the downside is while fun and captures a lot of the things of seven wonders. It really, it really did. Um, the downside is that it's, it's hiding control. I can't remember. Our buddy Pete talks about this a couple of times, how, how it makes you feel like you have a lot of control, but you actually don't. Um, like mm. the the fact that you're you're dependent on the two random cards that come to your side, and then people taking them or not taking them, and if you ch- don't choose to not do that, you pick from another random deck in the middle, and you have two goals that you have to do, like collect four, a set of four of a, uh, four of the same thing or whatever it might be. Y- you have no real control over that. It's what mm-hmm. whatever happens to come up, right? Right. Uh, so. Even though it feels like you you're making choices, there's really no choices you have because that's what your your faith your you know it's whatever comes up on top whether you have it or not. Yeah, I I had a weird sort of experience where like you and and Trotsky and I think Pat as well were all really enjoying it, and I just felt like like every option I had when it came to my turn was bad. And so yeah. I would just pull a random card. Yeah. And even the last game that we played, I finished my wonder first, which is it's one of those where as soon as somebody finishes their wonder, the game's over. Yeah. There's no like last turn. Right. And I did that and was still, I think in third place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Point wise, because there's just so many um, other paths to get victory points. Yeah. Um, like Pat, like so, Pat was just, yeah was just building military the whole time. Like he came up and he just mm-hmm. built military and he would just get points at it. or the science thing. Like you, you have to collect science and then, well, it, if you, if you happen to get randomly the cards that lets you get, pick a science thing, is there any good one out that might work for something you might get later? Right. So, and, so if you've got the science playing... that said, Oh, you get double wheat or something. Well, if, if wheat comes up ever for you or not. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and after playing Seven Wonders on Board Game Arena a lot, I can tell you that the original Seven Wonders game is the same way. Like, yeah. th- your strategy is informed by what cards are available to you in the hand. And yes, you pass the hand around, so it's got this Sushi Go kind of thing. Um, but you still can only do... You can only play the cards that, that come to you. So if you get a lot of military cards, maybe you go military. 
if you don't get science cards, you can't go science. And you can, you know, there's interaction in that way. If you know you're going to be passing that hand to the right, kind of like the hands in the middle thing. Yeah. Like if I know that you're going to go for something that, that is showing on the card, then maybe I'll draw it. So, you know, Trotsky did that to me several times, I think unintentionally. Yeah. He was like, oh, well, this is good for me. And I'm like, oh, I really needed that card. I could have flipped my wonder face you know with that card and i don't think he even noticed yeah Um, yeah and and that's that as i said at the onset that can be really be forgiven when things are fast on board game arena with seven wonders it's it plays fast so it's fine plays very fast and that that was the that was i think the point i was good i forgot the point Mm -hmm. when i when i started talking um because this is so much more streamlined like you do that random you know you you play those random cards, you get to the end, somebody won or lost, and you're like, okay, cool, let's play again. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did because it's it's not as fast as Board Game Arena, obviously, yeah. um, but it's easily twice as fast as the original. Oh, at least, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I uh, Now that you reminded me of it, I, I would definitely recommend this one. I, I like Seven Wonders. Um, I like... I. I will say I didn't like Seven Wonders for the longest time because of all the admin. There's so much admin, and yeah. and you have to. You, it's one of those ones that if you understand the admin and all the things, you could play much better than somebody who doesn't understand all of the things. Uh, and then now that we played it on Board Game oh, yeah, Arena, sure. I realized that a lot of that stuff actually doesn't really matter. Um, so Seven Wonders is fine, but was always felt like just a whatever kind of game. We're just playing it for fun type thing, not real like you know bragging rights mm-hmm. um but this one does you know kind of leans into that and and preserves that it doesn't matter kind of feeling but takes away a lot of the admin which was the, the the downside and um the overhead to the personal thing so here you have a in-person game or in-person version that mimics the goodness of the board game arena version so mm-hmm. so this one just feels like a better seven wonders i mean yeah it, it, I mean, if you like Seven Wonders, this one's probably better, especially in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. So we 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 played those. Those were those were super fun. I actually liked that a lot. Um, yeah. And then uh, after that, we played more Strike, which we talked about last week. Um, we also watched watch, watched passively watched uh, Ghostbusters, the the movie at the same time. Original nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters. So, do you want to talk about the new one? Yeah. Let's let's do that. All right. Um, so we're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, the the very most recent Ghostbusters movie, and um, we're going to spoil it. So I'm going to hit. Yeah, the bell we'll, here. we'll start with spoilers, but then come back after the bell for you know just a review without you know, final judgments. Without. Yeah, yeah. F- our our final thoughts. So there's um, how do I say this? Say this movie. What I said when we were when we were walking out of the theater is that this was more of a tribute than a sequel. Right. Um, and, and that tribute uh, part uh, really only came in in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the first half is a lot of, a lot of setup. I think yeah. the, um, the bright point in, in the performance and the casting was, um, McKenna Grace who played the daughter Phoebe. Yeah. I a hundred percent. Yeah. She, I mean, between her and Paul Rudd, and and um, uh, podcast, I like podcasts. The um, Logan Kim playing podcast um, was good, also. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of like 
her mom and you know Finn Wolfhard from from Stranger Things playing the brother. They were both just kind of there. Completely, completely could have done without them. They didn't even need to be mm-hmm. in the show. The the mom became the dog, but you could have picked any random person on the sidewalk and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, yeah, and so the story very closely follows you know all the the beats and the patterns and the formula of the original Ghostbusters movie, um, in a way that all works like i don't think it's gonna you know i don't think any of that is gonna offend anybody the way that um you know really either of the other two i didn't see the all-female version um or all-female sequel i don't know what you call that ghostbusters um, 3 but i've heard yeah ghostbusters 3 it's um you know i've i've only ever heard bad to middling reviews of that movie so yeah. i never bothered watching it middling and we watched right. ghostbusters 2 uh, for the podcast, the one they made in like '86 or whatever, yeah. and it was, you know, it was fine at best. At best, right? Um, and so I think this one really, um, really got the formula again in the sense that you know they're doing all the same things: the keymaster and the gatekeeper, and the, um, you know, the team of four that they need, even even though a couple of them are are just barely there. Um, yeah. And the sort of mystery with a just a little, you know, a few a few horror elements. Um and so there's nothing really there's nothing really surprising. Um I think I said this I said this to you, I know, and and you agreed with me like the the cold open or the the pre-title sequence and then um when the title pops up Ghostbusters Afterlife, um I realized immediately what the what the finale you know reveal was going to be yeah right like like i didn't know that they were going to get all three of the other guys but immediately i was like oh egon is there as a ghost and he's gonna probably help them yeah yeah the it's like they tried to um i don't know they expected you it to be a surprise and everything that they did and nothing was a surprise like they, 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 for the longest time, tried to hide the name Spangler from the, the audience. They That's tried to awkward. not show Egon forever, which they had him in, you know, hologram ghost form. And they, you know, they just were trying to pretend that you wouldn't know it was Egon Spangler. Like, I think in the trailers, mm-hmm. you knew it was Egon. As soon as you saw Phoebe, you knew exactly who it was. Right? Right, right. Um, so, and, and I think even the trailers talked about their their grandpa going to their grandpa's thing. And like, and then they show Phoebe, you're like, there's only one person here that who, who's the grandkids going to be that way. Right. Um, hmm. so it, it never, it never was a secret. And the whole first act was, or heck the first two acts were like pretending the audience didn't know that, which was like, okay, it's really not a secret. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted them to, do more of the of the force ghost egon like the stuff just with like the the you know stuff moving around and the lamp and all that like yeah. was all pretty effective oh i, I um, i'm i'm all for it they just should have been like uh right after that when after the title card comes out they like you know uh they say they just say like they're the spangler family and you know my mm-hmm. my dad egon was coming or like the fact that they tried to hide it for so long was just silly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on yeah. that. Uh, but in, anyway, the um, 
I, I agree with all of the things. Tribute, tribute was the right word all around. Um, our buddy Pat compared it to The Force Awakens, where they gave the audience what they wanted because you know they're mm-hmm. just like the Star mm-hmm. Wars fans. They were nothing would settle them and you know satisfy them unless they got what they wanted, which was the original four Ghostbusters being original four Ghostbusters, not guest stars like they did in the third one, and you know lighting up the proton packs, hitting a, a Slimer type ghost. Um, hearing Ecto one do its, you know, siren, uh, mm-hmm. heck they even, the main villain was Gozer, right. And the two dogs. So everything was, was the force awakens, uh, which I, as I've said before, that's what we want. That's what they wanted. And you get what you wanted. It was it fantastic in the original. No. Did the fans probably like it a whole lot? Probably. Um, but th- this is, I'm, you and I have been doing this long enough to kn- for you to know that I have, am okay with sequels. I like sequels. If you, if you like a thing, being able to spend time in that universe again with these characters and doing more stories there is usually always just super fun. And I'm all for that. I kind of feel, though, that Ghostbusters should have stopped with the first one. It had a good premise. It was good characters doing a, a skit. It had a story and ended. But... Nothing yeah, else that's I mean, followed that was even close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel that way about Star Wars. But after, you know, after Empire, I don't think they've since made a movie as successful at what it was trying to do than Empire. Aside from maybe some of the, uh, some of the side stories. Well, not even some of the side stories. Like just Rogue One, maybe. Even Solo, people didn't didn't like that much but in ghostbusters yeah like the the original you know and i i saw it as an adult so i don't have a huge love affinity for it but um the blend of of comedy and slapstick and and kind of horror suspense um stuff like just all work together perfectly for such a for such a ridiculous concept to be such a such a classic um and it was, and it was only attempt... a classic because of the, the cast like right they were well yeah that's that's what i mean like like all of these pieces the comedy of the cast and the and the suspense of the story and the you know the technology for visual effects being just good enough that they could bring some of these things to life at in 1984 um to to create this classic uh, uh film and then every attempt since then to try and recapture that that magic has just been you know a waste of time well almost. you you said you said it earlier even even the original cast couldn't recapture it at, with the second one right they right just just a couple years later yeah so yeah. The, the, even they couldn't do it 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 was it was great when you saw it once when you saw these people you saw they they're one hit wonders is what they are they're they're not great mm-hmm. at multiple things. Peter, Pete Venkman is not a deep character. He just isn't. Egon does not have a whole lot of backstory to him and a lot of motivation. Right. He is a one-dimensional character. Same thing with Ray and Winston. They're just what they are, and, and they don't need exploring. Now, if you did mm-hmm. more stories in the Ghostbusters universe, okay, sure. But then you wouldn't be Ghostbusters, per se. It'd just be a normal world. Um, but, yeah, I mean... So this show, I guess we get back to this show. Um, it was just fine. It was just fine. I, the, all the things mm-hmm. you said in the earlier view 
we're head on we're, we're spot on phoebe was great you know podcast paul red was great um there's a lot of things our buddy fox has said feels like there was a lot left on the cutting room floor um because there's a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense the mm-hmm. the like the owner of the mine who created all this stuff was in the cave for some reason, like his body was preserved. And then his, his body. And then and like then, he has two, he has one scene and then he comes up, says like two words and then is immediately killed. Like JK Simmons. Yeah, it, yeah. What was it make? It made no sense. A lot of stuff was like, none of this made sense. It was just put in there real quick. And then you're like, eh, what, whatever, you know? And all of a sudden the original Ghostbusters show up at the and you're like, Oh, that's cool. They're, they're there. Pete Venkman said a funny line. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it was still like, it's still having not, um, you know, as I said, I saw the original once, yeah, like two, three years ago for the podcast, but I still got, you know, a little bit of the, you know, the warm feeling chills, whatever, when they show Force Ghost, yeah, Egon, yeah, and they're all there and they're crossing the streams and the music swells, and it was, it was just fun, yeah, that, that, that part was totally fun, and you know what, that, that last act. That last act kind of saved it. And I don't want to say, because I thought the first two acts were just kind of boring. And then, sure. and then the third one happened. And because it was all nostalgia, all old Ghostbuster type, you know, thing and all tribute, it made it, it, it redeemed it enough to where we walked out and we're like, that was fun. That was fun enough. Right. If act three had been different then no force, Gun, no force ghost Egon, if it didn't have the original Ghostbusters in it, um, it would have been just, uh, sure. That was kind of lame. You know, that's what, that's what I would have thought. So if you, final thoughts, moving into final thoughts here. Um, if you're a fan of the, the first Ghostbusters, I think you'll like this one. Uh, this is, you don't need to watch any other Ghostbusters, but the first one. So you, I, this could actually be Ghostbusters two, right? This could be the first mm-hmm. one. Then watch this one, and it would be fine, right? It's not. It's not breaking any new ground. It's not setting up any new big thing like the next movie. No, I don't. Right? I don't. And yeah, and I don't think there's going to be another movie. Yeah, I. I don't think so either. Um, and it, it's not doing anything new. Only some of the cast are memorable, and we mentioned Paul Rudd in, in the spoiler section being being memorable, not memorable, but likable. Um, but but you don't really don't I don't oh, need Paul Rudd. Yeah, I don't need to see any more of these characters. They're great. They're fine. They're whatever. But I don't really want to see more of these guys. They're just fine, right? Mm-hmm. So watch watch it if you're a my thing is watch it if you're a fan. Um, but if you never really were interested in Ghostbusters, this is not going to draw you in at all. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. Uh, all right. So. Um, we got a couple of things here going along that we've kind of been putting up, but it looks like you've been busy this week and caught up with some stuff. Like yeah, you saw after, Dune, right? Yeah. After, um, after being in Bloomington Saturday night, I went back down to Bedford and, uh, and, and watched a couple of, a couple of movies on streaming. Have you seen, did you say you, you haven't seen, um, no time to die? I have not seen that yet. I, I want to watch that film? in okay. the theaters. Yeah. I, I, right, I'm hoping we'll I'm hoping to watch it this weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. So I did watch the new Dune movie. Um, and you watched it 
at home, right? Like not. not I watch it at home on on streaming. Yeah. Um, this this one this one is one that I feel that is completely different. And I mean, I didn't watch it at home, so but I did actually start watching at home, and I turned it right off, like after ten minutes, because it just. I mean, every scene is this grandeur and music and big bombastic thing. And I just couldn't get that on, on my bedroom TV. Like it just, yeah. I had zero of that feeling. It, 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 I don't know what your thoughts were on watching on the swing, but I just, it did not, I did not feel like a repeat watch on at home where I really left this, the theater thinking I liked this a whole lot and it felt great and epic. That's a weird thing. Yeah. So I watched this. I mean, I did, I was in the house on a TV, mm-hmm. so I was not, um, you know, I was not on my iPad or on my computer screen. Um, and I had, I had good sound. Um, boy, this is hard to, hard to say. I mean, you're, you're probably right. Is the, is the simplest explanation. Um, I, I was mostly just with it along for the ride for the first hour, hour and a half. Um, this movie is almost two and a half hours long. It's about two twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, two hours twenty, and well, I guess I guess we can hit the bell here. So if you haven't seen this, this is an old story. It's the second movie version of this. But you haven't, if you haven't seen any of it, I'm going to hit the bell here because I want to get into a little bit of details. Um. Somewhere around the aftermath of the, um, you know, you know, invasion yeah. to whatever you want to call that on the on the city, mm-hmm. um, and after all of the conversation that we've had in chat about where the story ends, the story cuts off. I kept waiting for an abrupt cutoff to the story. Yeah. Um, but there's almost an hour of movie after that uh, battle. Right. Um, and, and I just started getting fatigued by it. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe part of that was the lack of, you know, uh, uh, immersive experience. Had you, um, had you watched was, the first one? That's a question there. I mean, I saw it once probably at least 20 years ago. Okay. Um, I was going to watch it again, but everything I've heard from people is like, well, this one's better than the original, and the original is so bad and all over the place and incoherent. Sure. Um, I mostly, I don't think I was ever really um, confused about the world building. Like, it's laid out pretty clearly, and, and maybe that means that, you know, it's it's simplified down to just the elements we need. You know, there's this planet with these natives, yeah. and it's ruled by this um, house yeah. and the emperor is replacing them with house Atreides. Right. Yeah. And, and they come in and I knew some of the high points. Like I knew that he, that Paul becomes this, um, this Christ figure and that his father is not really in the story later. So I figured something was going to happen to him. Right. Um, and, but I had this, I had this thing, and this is what I told everybody Fox, and I think I said it in our group chat later. Um, in the, in that last, like, 40 minutes to an hour of the movie, um, 
the pacing just felt so slow um, that, you know, I was I was almost bored. But if I, like, pulled up and looked at a text on my phone and then looked back at the movie, I now was completely lost. Like, nothing was happening except stuff was happening all the time. Yeah. Um, it gave me... This is, you know, kind of an on-the-nose comparison, but it, it reminded me of when I rewatched. um Blade Runner 2049. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Where the original Blade Runner is this confusing, all over the place, you know, four different cuts, um, uh, you know, weird 80s uh, sci-fi. And then you watch the new one, you watch 2049, and and everything about it seems much, much better. Except it's... I don't know. This feels like such a lazy thing to say, uh, you know, and I've and I've argued against this perspective several times in several movies that we've watched over the last, you know, few years doing this podcast. Um, but it just felt too long like this, the, you know, somewhere here and there, there there feels like a good half hour of content, both with with Blade Runner 2049 and with this. Where I'm like, this this could have really been sped up. We didn't need to spend so much time on on all these various um you know sequences um and you know maybe in the theater in the fully immersive experience um that um that can be the you know that can be different um but i don't remember feeling that way when we watched something like Lawrence of Arabia which sure has the same kind of thing where there these really long you know riding across the desert kind of sequences um and it could have been me you know maybe i was tired i did happen to <laughs> i did happen to watch this movie after legends of the fall uh so right there's two, there's something two, two epic things yeah something to be said there but you know after i was kind of in the mood for it like i i finished the movie and then i watched the last um uh star wars visions episode just as a kind of break in between mm-hmm. and i was like well i'm here and i've got everything set up and i've ordered pizza and whatever i'm, I'm just I'm just gonna do it i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna watch this movie but um i guess i don't know do you want to say anything while we're in spoilers well before? well i yeah i i uh go ahead i had i mean you, your comparison to uh blade runner was it's a good one um not because I mean, of, it's the same director, so it's not any kind of brilliant insight. There, yeah, but. I mean, and, well, even to the first one, too. I mean, it's it because Blade Runner two was very much the same kind of pacing and thought as the first one, um, mm. and um, it, yeah, it's it's a slow it's a slow movie. Um, it's not one where it's clipping, and and I think I have not read the books, but I did. Wa- I have watched the first movie, the original movie. Uh, several times and it's a slow thing and I kept and I know that every time I've watched it I've kept feeling like it feels like there's a lot more we're missing here like there's just a lot that isn't on on the screen that, that I'm that I'm missing right there's a whole bunch of intrigue with these characters and there's and the, all these extra stuff and the betrayal and the things that I'm that I'm not missing or it's just not being said quite right maybe it always let and that's a weird D- d- that's such a weird just uh juxtaposition because you're like okay so the 
the movie feels slow. The movie feels like it's taking more time than it should, but I, at the same time, feel like there's a ton of information I'm not getting. Oh, see, I was talking about the first one. Like the the first one felt. Like no, that. no, that's what I mean. Just the like the world as a whole. Like yes, if I I don't, it's been too long since I saw the original. But like those two concepts, right? You're like this movie's taking too long, and I'm not getting information. Like, and, and I and I wonder if the I wonder if the book like, had a lot more, or the book did that too, or the books. Uh, I guess um, right be, yeah, because this series. this felt like I will say this felt like a lot like the first like the first movie. But mm-hmm. but better, and and I say better. And you've said it before, like people say, don't watch first, watch this one. It's just better. It just feels like they took the first movie and then streamlined it and made it and made it better. Yes, they didn't answer more, which makes me think. I mean, I say answer more. They they didn't expand even more uh, because I wonder if that's just the way the book was. That's just it's just a slow paced story where you spend a lot of time on these characters and stuff. I, I wonder if that's just the way it is because here we have two movies that are very much the same thing and they do the same thing. Like you're saying, they they're, they're long and then you still feel like I don't quite know everything about the Bene Gesserits, right? Like I, I know the, the witch ladies, but I don't know enough about them. Right. Am I missing something here? Um, yeah. And then my, it moves my along. Brother Andrew read the books and he told me that they're like Lord of the Rings, but worse. They just really, really go into it. I, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to really unpack what he meant by that, but um, I assume that it's just maybe kind of slow with a lot of extraneous detail, um, and and that kind of thing. That that ma- that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, because then we have two movies that are very similar in that same kind of way. Um, right. So the draw to Dune, I think, is the the world, like the the world building. Like this is it's this mm. interesting futuristic society type thing where you're in one small glimpse of it. One, not even a glimpse of it. You're just a glimpse of a specific point in time, right? The, the fall of Atreides and Harkonnen, you know, fighting them and taking it back over. There's so much more before that clearly we don't know anything about because house Harkonnen just got taken, got usurped. Right. And then, there's all of this history with Leto Atreides and what, why is he the most popular? Why has he gotten to the way he is? And he talks about his grandfather and stuff. There's just so much more that I don't know anything about. And in neither movie have they said or done anything about. And then we're just in this one little glimpse of a time. And like you said, it's been three hours and we still feel like there's just so much more, which I think is an attractive thing to a lot of people. You feel like you're in this vast complex world that has so much potential and you're only seeing a small part of it. Um, and even though people who are fans of it, even though it's long, still, still feel that they don't have enough. So I, I did mm-hmm. have the luck and I have a very much huge luck in watching a lot of movies with Sydney, um, a, you know, teenager or kid as we go through the years and, um, experience these new things through her, right? She sat next to me and watched this one and absolutely loved this film. Like it it was the thing that just, she walked out really giddy and happy and excited to see the next one and could, and couldn't wait and wanted to talk all about it. And it was just because she'd never experienced that before. She didn't, hadn't really sat down and watched Lord of the Rings. And I, I I attribute that to not, it not being in the theaters. Right. Mm. Um, you know, you, again, you watch Dune at home 
and you're not going to get that. But when you're sitting in a theater that's dark with this humongous screen and every vista, every every like room that they're in is 30 foot tall ceilings, right? It's just humongous and big and sure, broad sure. and massively open. The ships are, are shot at far away shots. So you see a huge planet and, you know, this, this little small ship come out of it and it just feels big and massive, everything about it. So when you're watching and then the sound the same way, you're enveloped in sound the whole time with these, the score that's happening through. And um, so you, you sit down and I know that she just had that feeling in her chest of this is something that I experience is bigger than me. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen next. And I'm, and I just know that now at the end of the show, it has finally distilled itself down to just Paul Atreides and maybe Chani, which is Zendaya. Like it's mm-hmm. it, everything is everything else from before that I didn't know is gone. And now we just have these two characters and I am ready to go into that second half with, I just know these two and maybe Lady Jessica, you know, and that's it. Um, the, you're right. At the end there, it did a bit of a fighting with the Fremen and such that mm-hmm. probably could have, you know, done without. Um, so that anyway, that's just um, relaying what what she had told me afterwards, and and I, I use her as an example, someone who's never seen this and is a younger viewer who's not seen a lot of historical stuff, right? Um, so for her, seeing an epic, huge, filmed thing, and and now I, I totally got why. Uh, Dennis, is it Villeneuve is his name? Um, the director, something like that was like just adamant about watching this in the theater and totally disgusted that they were releasing it on, you know, day and date on HBO max, because he's like, this is not a movie that you can't have wrapping around with you with sound and all dark. And with a huge screen, it's just, you know, the size of every you have to turn your head left and right to watch, uh, because, it's boring otherwise, or you start nitpicking the story or you start, stop worrying about the world. And okay. So wrapping that up, it's that I think that he made a thing intently to be big, to be broad, to be, you know, wrapped up in this world that you're in and then take that all away, take the the big sound away, take the, the big picture, take the big thing away. You're, you're left with a story that is just, like highlights of a story, mm. right? The story itself is just highlights of the world. Um, and I actually don't want to go back and read. I don't want to go back and read Dune because what I've heard is what you just said. Andrew said the same thing. It's like that. It's just so much. It's all highlights. It's like reading the, what's the Lord of the Rings thing that was afterwards about all the history of stuff. Oh, the Cimmerillion. It's like the Cimmerillion. I don't have any desire to, to read that either. Same way. Um, mm-hmm. So I, final judgments there. I, I liked it because I liked that big world thing. I loved watching it in the theater. It made me feel epic and sufficiently huge. Um, I loved the, the visuals of it so much. Um, but the story is just Dune story. And if you couldn't, mm-hmm. it, it might be a little bit more streamlined, but it's still, it's still very much beat for beat the original Dune. Uh, so if you couldn't quite understand the original Dune or really get into it, I don't know if this will help anymore. Maybe a little bit. Um, but it's just a, it's just a modern telling of it. Yeah. I was, I mean, 
not confused is the wrong word. Like, I'm sure there were details that I missed, but like the big picture ideas were all were all pretty clear. I just don't know. And I don't know. I, I guess I would have to see the second part in 2023 or whenever we get that um, to know whether it's because, you know, you compare the like it's an old world and there's, you know, some some like sort of political things happening. And there's some of that in Lord of the Rings, right? Like that was part of what was unique about that story is that it's this old world and everything that's there is is kind of in decline and the you know the the better days the golden days are past you know it's a very like post-world war ii kind of kind of mindset and a lot of things that were have been written since follow a similar kind of kind of view kind of worldview yeah Um, there's something i want to say and i'm gonna i'm gonna do a quick little bell thing because i want to say one spoiler thing i know we're out of spoilers but i want to say one spoiler thing because i think it's relevant okay bing so skip 30 seconds 30 seconds give me 30 seconds um, a, a, a spark of excitement and fun and life to the movie that, that sped things up in a happier way, aggressive way was Jason Momoa with Duncan Idaho. And, mm-hmm. and it, it sucks that he, I mean, we're in spoilers here. It sucks that he dies. He does. Duncan Idaho dies, but Jason Momoa brought a lot of, uh, you know, uh, upbeat type things to, to the, to the story. And his, just his acting was very, not slow and methodic like the rest of everybody else was. And he made it, it made it a lot more aggressive and exciting. And then when he was gone, it was like, Oh, that's, he was the one, you know, fastness to this or the, the no nonsense and the warrior type thing. So him being mm-hmm. gone, like sucks. I think, you know, I wish he would sure wish his character didn't die. It would have been more entertaining. <laughs> right. So, Anyway, just to just to complete that comparison, I think that the the central story of Lord of the Rings, the you know, the story of Frodo and Sam is is I don't know, more relatable or or something is just more interesting to me than what I think is happening and what I remember from the old movie happening with Paul Atreides like yes, there are old nations with political um uh, things again back to Lord of the Rings, like you know, the characters like uh, like Denethor and the succession of of Gondor and Minas Tirith and all of that stuff. But the the story, the Lord of the Rings story, is not about that. Like it's there, but it's like it's in the background, and it's only important when it when it crosses or impedes, uh, you know, the quest of the main characters. Um, oh, this is where, different because the world of Dune is the main story. It it is all about that, and if you're you know, and I think that that's why you know adaptations of this story end up this way because that's how the books are written, and it you couldn't you know if you adapted it and just like left that stuff out, it would only appeal to new people, and you would alienate all the all the existing fans. It's that weird balance. Yeah, um, yeah, like the the first the first movie, the, the first movie or the original movie has this thing where like. Yes, you follow Paul, but it kind of ends. And you're like, you're always left with, okay. So to your point, the Dune movies, I'm even saying this one, is about the world and the thing that's, you know, it's this, you have to be really liking the whole bigger picture of all this whole setup. And the story of Paul Atreides is just 
something that kind of frames what you're watching or takes mm-hmm. you along. But it's not like Frodo and Sam. Frodo is Lord of the Rings and um, Strider, Aragorn, is that's the story. Just like you said, everything else is extra, but you're following step by step these people to the end of the show. Dune, you're kind of following Paul, but it's just about the the Fremen and these other houses and the Emperor and the Spice and the world and people taking over. And then they've got the Fremen have all these different stuff. It's just, it's all about just the galaxy of Dune, right? Mm-hmm. And I can see totally how that's, they're just different in that way. One is fake focused on the world or the universe or galaxy where the other one is focused on a story. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I, it, 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 this is, I still say this is something you need to watch in the theater to, to, to really think, but I, I, because I, I say that because I, I don't have a whole lot of desire to watch it on the small screen and I really enjoyed the movie. Um, but I can't see myself watching it again and again, like I can other shows. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whew, that was all right. Was Did one. you? Let's see. Um, did you get a chance to watch any uh, for all mankind? I'm not yet. We'll have to watch that one. Okay. Talk about that one next week. Uh, I, that one and the Wheel of Time stuff are are things that I wish that I had more time to to watch. But I yeah, and I, I did I not realize we talked about this last week that. Um, they were, uh, Amazon released the first three episodes of Wheel of Time all at once. Right. Um, so that's going to be similar to how like Mandalorian did and things like that. Did, did Mando do that? I know WandaVision did. I'm pretty sure Um, it did, but I could be wrong. Or they were, or they were going to. Yeah. Um, and, and once you've seen all three, the, the, that choice, um, will make more sense but yeah i think um, I, th- I, I think disney does a lot of that stuff too is that they release three at once and then they'll yeah shows. this is the, the i don't i won't spoil it for you but um wheel of time has a lot of has a lot of world building i mean just like we talked about both dune and and yeah. um i'm i, I will say i will say i'm struggling with the first episode that doesn't mean anything because we just we've talked multiple times in the last several weeks that you can't judge anything by the first episode, even the first two episodes or maybe the first three episodes. I'm, I'm struggling with the characters and trying to find interest so far. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that doesn't surprise me. Like, at n- all. N- none of the, the, it, it has the problem that I had, like I'm already fighting against, uh, putting it in the shadow and bone category that it, it, it every, like the, Every character has perfectly made hair that just came out of the hairdresser. Their clothes are like they've like one guy looked like he went to Macy's. The main character, I think, the main character, the redheaded guy, looks like his sweater mm-hmm. was from Macy's. Um, it's just perfectly done and so nice and fluffy. Um, and everybody's clothes is like straight off the factory line. So, like, you look at Lord of the Rings and their leather looks beat and worn. This looks like it was, you know, the costume yeah. designer made it. Yeah, and, there, and everything looks like some... a set. So, there are some choices with the production that I I'm that that I don't want to say concern me. That sounds so condescending, but right. um, so so I'm I'm yeah. three quarters away. But I'm so far I'm, it had me like I stopped it about halfway through, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this later. And then I wa- I watched more of it, and and not, and it just had the same things and that a bunch of twenty year olds 
you know, were not interesting at all. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll finish it later. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to do it because I want to watch all three. And I actually want to watch the whole series because clearly it's got a story to it. Twelve books and, you know, mm-hmm. huge fans. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it that it uh, it picks up on the great stuff of whatever the, the books were so that, you know, that's what they can focus on. Yeah, um, I'm 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 putting my faith in the story is what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you, you'll tell me next week after you watch it what you think of if the uh, actors have successfully and directors and whatever are capturing that story or not, because you're familiar with that. Right. Uh, yeah. So there's that one. Um, I will say here before we go into our show, I want to report that um, today I officially got my PlayStation five. Well, not officially got it, but I officially got my order put in on Amazon for it. Okay, I'm, I'm very excited. That's very exciting news for me. Oh, it's uh, Amazon. You didn't you didn't get it from Walmart? Oh my God! So there's my story. There we we talked about how I paid fourteen dollars because Walmart had their big drop, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they had been kind of hoarding. Reports were that they were hoarding their Playstations for their uh, Black Friday thing. Uh, mm-hmm. release which was monday this year they're doing um the walmart plus is what it's called so you get it's basically amazon you know uh service where you can get free delivery and right, all right. their extra benefits but uh, some of the things too is that they have uh, special sales only go on on sale for walmart plus members amazon doesn't have that amazon doesn't have like oh you if you're a Prime member, then you can only get... I guess, I don't know, it's Prime Deal, Prime Day, only Prime members? Um, I don't think so. No, it's just the, the shipping. I mean, I don't know. I've been a Prime member for like 10 years, so I don't know. Right, I, yeah, I, don't, I, I guess I don't know the difference between Prime members and non-Prime members. Um, but with Walmart, they, they, they are definitely putting a lot of deals that are only for Plus members. Like, you, you can buy everything at Walmart like normal, but they'll give you more deals if you're... Walmart Plus. I mean, what they were doing was their Black Friday. Their Black Friday stuff is that they are giving like four hours free of uh, ahead of advanced of all the Black Friday deals online, and you can, if you're a Walmart Plus member, get access to those. That included selling their their batch of restock of uh, PlayStation Fives, Xbox Series Xs, uh, Switch OLEDs, etc. Et um, and they release a crap ton of them at four o'clock Monday. I was there. I pushed the button right on the time. Hit the, hit the thing, and and I was, I did not get it. It was like, as soon as you hit it, you know, they they immediately say, "Hey, we're out. Of, we're out of stock right now. Wait thirty minutes, and we'll while we're selling it to these people. And if they don't buy it, then you know you can get a chance." Uh, which I did not, mm-hmm. and so I, I spent money. It's okay. I'm I'm testing out this Walmart thing this month, and so far it seems okay. I got my delivery day, my groceries to my doorstep in one day, so it was pretty great. Um, so I didn't get that this morning. I woke up and, uh, just rolled over in bed, picked up my phone, talked to, to Shelly. And then right when I was texting her, it came up on notifications. Hey, right now, Amazon has a restock, which will occasionally happen. But I was like, I just had it in my hand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, sure. Click the button. And the guy that, that I, um, looked through this, uh, like do the Twitter following for, um, I can't remember his name. It's Matt something or other. Um, he, uh, literally his job job is to, um, uh, 
do these tweets out, right? Like he actually just got an, a job with another like tech radar or work for tech radar, and that's his full job is to help people get these things. Hmm. Um, his name is, I'm looking at it here, Matt Swider. Um, and he's super cool, super nice guy. And like I said, he's just, he just wants to get people, you know, their, their stuff. Um, so he, he posts this thing and his, on his, his tweet, it said, Hey, there are problems. He does this every time. He also goes along and buys them at the same time as everybody else and runs live streams. So you can like, if you're having problems, he'll tell you, Oh yeah, it's everyone's having this problem type thing. And he, he posted, if you're having problems seeing the dog, if you've ever bought from Amazon, you know, sometimes there's the air dog. Yeah. Yeah. The air dog. Right. Uh, he says, then go to your, you know, click this link and click add to cart and then, or no, sorry, add, add it to your wish list and then go to your wish list and add to cart from your wish list. And then you can buy it and, and check out. So I went to the link. Sure enough, there was the dog. Went to my wish list, saw my wish list, added it to cart, went to checkout. It was right there. There was no, after that, besides going to that one page, there was no hiccups. It was directly to my cart, push the button, no slowdowns, no spinny wheels, just bought, purchased, good to go. I was like, it was so too good to be true type thing, right? No, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. besides that error thing, which is, which everyone was having on the, the initial page that you're going to. There was no problems. Um, so I, I just looked at it like five or six times, redid it five or six times. Like, did I really get this thing? Did I really get this thing? And sure enough, I did. So I'm super excited to get my PlayStation. Um, nice. Along with that, I, I had uh, pre-ordered Battlefield 2042, which is the new Battlefield. It just came out last uh, Tuesday. Hmm. Um, I had yet to go pick it up. I'd just been so busy. So I went and, right. oh, sorry, last, last Thursday. Um, so I went to GameStop where I'd pre-ordered it. I would pre-ordered the disc and happily kind of, you know, walked in and asked if I could switch it for a PlayStation 5 disc. So I have a, I have a disc, but I can't, or a game, and I can't play it yet until, <laughs> until my, my PlayStation gets delivered on Tuesday. And until that happens, I'm still not saying I have a PlayStation yet. Um, right right i'm still i'm still i'm still nervous about it um but it's it's super fun it was just it for me it was i think seven months total that i've been or seven or eight months that i've been actively actively trying it previous to that i had several friends who were helping me out giving me things but uh seven months i've been doing this you know matt swider thing he is a neat thing by the way i always thought it was weird that people have live streams and people pay money like to to these people who watch live streams and stuff. Right, right, right. The way his live streams go is that, you know, uh, live chats are. It's just like speeding of tons and tons of people saying stupid things in chat, right? Mm-hmm, yep. The way this goes is that if you pay money, like $5 or above, then it elevates your chat so he sees it and responds to it. Oh, I see. So it gates you by money to communicate, right? Um, That's... <laughs> I know, I know. That was, that response was my my response as well. I was like, "Well, that's crappy." Um, except I learned just recently that's how he's he he buys the PlayStation. So he buys the Xbox restock and the Playstations and the Nintendos using the money that he gets from those those um, chat whatever donations, and then he gives them away. 
Hmm. So he's also buying things on re- every restock day, and then he gives them away to people. Sure. Uh, so that's like someone gives five dollars for. Usually, it's like, "Hey, man, thanks for because I followed you. Here's five dollars," and he takes that five dollars and puts it towards buying the PlayStation that he bought today. You know, and then giving it to one of the, like he gave it to a vet last week or something. Uh, so that's that's that was pretty cool. Better than just yeah, watching yeah. someone play Minecraft and chatting at them. Well, that was my thing. I was su- super excited news. Not not for everybody, but for for me, it was super fun. Okay, move, yeah, m- yeah, moving cool. along. I I played. Uh, I got Hades. You played that one, right? I like that game. A so little far. bit. A little bit. Not. Not too long. It took me. It took me an hour to like it. I everybody in our friend group like super loved it. I played it for an hour and I was like, eh, it's okay. And then after an hour, I started to like it. And after two hours, I actually really like it. <laughs> I mean, it's because like it's so simple, but every time the the characters talk, it's it's. I don't know how they had so much hours of dialogue that are unique every single time I fail at a roguelike. I mean, hmm. it's there's new story every time I go through a roguelike. Every time I go on a run, it's a new story with characters saying completely new things every time. So it was just, I'm really enjoying it a, a lot. And I still, I'll probably play it until two in the morning again. Hmm. My Black Friday nice. thing, I bought a game called Jump Force. You ever heard of that one? Uh, I don't think so. It's a it's a it's a fighting game. Um, it was on sales. Reason I bought it, but it's a all super big ma- uh, manga um, characters put into okay. one game. Like it's a crossover of all oh, those characters. I see. So it, yeah, I initially saw it because it had My Hero Academia character in it, mm. and it's got like Dragon Ball, Naruto, Yu Gi Oh. And all these characters come together and, and fight. And it's actually got a really big, robust story mode. Um, so I thought, well, I like, I like, and it has, it's a fighting game that has like, it really emphasizes the anime look to it. Like those super huge action explosions mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. worlds exploding and stuff, right? Like, like, oh, I get to play one of these cool, super action animes. And I've played it for maybe 30 minutes so far. And man, it does, it feels like a stinking anime that I'm playing, which was really fun. Um, nice. And then uh, next to that one was I found out that there is a My Hero Academia fighting game. Uh, so I bought that one as well. Played that one also for about a half an hour. It also has a robust story. Also feels very super big in anime. So I have these big, huge fighting game anime things that are pretty great. And I'm looking forward to playing them. Nice. Yeah. Black Friday, I always look for those kind of cool things. All right. Yeah, yeah I'm on the look for... Uh, stuff for my for my camper. My, oh yeah, and, right. And, That'd be and, and that stuff. It's it's been. I I I didn't really I didn't really think about that until a few days ago. But I'm like, oh, there's going to be stuff on sale, and there's some stuff that I want, and so I'm going to be looking for looking for deals. Do, I forget. Does your camper use electricity to heat? Right, it does. Yes, not gas. It. No, it no. it uses it. The heat is propane. I mean, it's both. Okay. It's propane with a with a blower. Okay. Um, and yeah, and so I am on the look. I do have an electric space heater. Yeah, I'm on the look for look out for a better one. Wow. I was gonna um, say, I wonder, I wonder what's the 
efficiency of that is, whether it's propane heat versus having a space heater. Yeah, I mean, the the real question is whether or not I have electricity. And the way that I'm set up with my computer now, I can really only camp um, where I have electricity. Yeah, um, right. I do have some of the gear to run my computer off the battery. You know, I have a pretty good battery in my in my rig, but yeah. um, that's still only a temporary thing. I don't have big solar panels or oh, or anything right. like that yet. And so I can I can heat and I can cook using propane, but the propane is in tanks on the front of my rig like they'll run out yeah um right and so if i'm somewhere with electricity it's it seems dumb to me to use um to use a propane to keep it warm when i could just be using the electricity yeah um, the, the like the um downstairs in the recording studio here in bloomington indiana uh is a cooler space down in the basement and i'm using this nice honeywell thing it's about a hundred dollars but man this whole basement area gets heated up really quickly with it. And I thought, man, that would be like, this would be all you need in a camper your size, right? It would be. Yeah. Yeah. When I was, um, and so that's sort of what I'm looking at. They have those, um, oil filled radiant heaters that are a little smaller. Like I have one that I had in my apartment in Bloomington and I used a similar one when I was, um, staying at my parents because my room was down in the basement also. Um, but something that size is too big. There's no like open floor space where I could put it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they make smaller ones that um, I think can do a comparable, a comparable amount of heating with about half the electricity usage because there's not like a blower fan and stuff running. Um, and anyway, so that's and that's you know and some, some of those for. heaters you can you can look at because like this one have super protection on them right like if you you move right. them or they they just get bumped a little bit they auto shut off and yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know in a space like that obviously going to sleep in the winter time with it with a, a heater on would be a little scary but you kind of got to right um, yeah absolutely but but having having that protection so yeah I, I can see it on black friday having that'd be a great thing to start looking for like bits and bobs and pieces and you mm-hmm. know, that, that'd be cool like i wonder if they have black friday stuff at, camp like camper websites and stuff i don't know if that's probably yeah so that's the kind of stuff i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on the look for, out for this week that'd be awesome all right well we're we're running a little long here um though that's i don't have a lot to say about this movie so that works but let's uh let's talk about our movie <laughs> all right this week we are talking about the 1994 uh romance epic legends of the fall um brad pitt mm-hmm. uh anthony hopkins julia ormond aiden quinn and a bunch of other people you've never seen so this um, this is you i think you properly labeled it r- romantic e- epic because <clears throat> so much of the movie does center around like tristan and his and his romance with with her mm-hmm. um but it almost feels just like a like a family epic, like not like the brothers type type thing. We're not in spoilers yet, but um, she is definitely a major part of the story, but she's not the whole story. She's not in it all the time. Right, right, right. Um, but it's hard not to focus on that because that's you know kind of a a crutch a crux of so much that all three brothers 
wrapped around her somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it has, I remember I had mentioned to you, like it's kind of the story of one guy's life ish. Right. With, with Tristan. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. This, this one for me had, tr- I had trouble, had trouble keeping my attention. Mm. Um, I think, you know, again, I was probably not awake enough to pay, you know, to, to, to do that. But also nothing was really, I don't want to say nothing was surprising, but it was just sort of like stuff happened and everything that did happen. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's what seemed like was probably going to happen. Um, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's the time that this was made. I'm certain that I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there weren't no surprises. Like there were things that happened that I was like, okay, I'm not really sure. Like what's going on? Like why, why that happened? Why Brad Pitt's character did some of the things that he did. Um, but it was just this sort of chronicle of events. Right. Yes. I, I agree with that. I I think it's when the, the native American narrator, right. Mm -hmm. He, he's speaking, he, he even starts off in the whole thing. His narration is super key to it because he talks about Tristan as this otherworldly thing. And then, uh, you start off thinking that it's a bigger story, maybe about, uh, the girl or about the brothers or about the dad, but the narrator keeps bringing you back that this is just following Tristan and it's mm-hmm. just, it's, you're just following him. Like he, w- when he, when he makes the decision, are we going to spoilers? We can talk about spoilers right here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hit the bell here. When, when he talks about like, uh, I wish I could remember her name. Uh, the, the, the girl, he's like, Susanna. it's not her, Susanna. It's like, it's not her fault. He, he says like, She's like water that gets in between rocks and just freezes. And it's not, you can't blame the water. Um, and then, you know, it's, he's like, everybody seems to be superfluous to the things that, that Tristan's doing. And then when he talks about Tristan, when he leaves Susanna, he just says like, well, this is just Tristan. This is just the way he is. He's like this wild person. And he keeps talking about the whole thing of Tristan just being, he's trying to describe this unique person. You know, and and how he is, and I think Brad Pitt plays a very unique person. Like he mm-hmm. he makes him yeah. interesting. He gives him big looks. I really liked the look on the porch when um, the brother is angry that he slept with Susanna, and then Brad Pitt gives him this interesting look and tells him, you know, say that, you know, because you love her, I'll forgive you that. Say it one more time, and we aren't bro- we are no longer brothers. And he just does mm-hmm. it in the way that's threatening and unique and has a lot of personality to it. And then when Tristan doesn't um, be aggressive to the Irish uh, bootleggers, but then he does at times, like that's also a very unique character. And you're right. There wasn't like a story that was, I don't say unique because it's a lot of Tristan and it's old in this. Um, But it's just following the life story of this guy who lives in this huge mountainous area that's kind of a white man raised by a native american not raised by but you know Mm -hmm. 
the spirit of the animal, I guess. Um, and that, that for me is something that I really, really enjoyed because it was just, maybe I watched how I watched it before and how I watched it this time. I watched it like on a Saturday afternoon when the sun was up or Saturday morning, you know, and, or I could sit down and relax and watch a thing and just suitably chill and watch this guy's life story. And it even ends with just like him fighting the bear. It just, mm-hmm. kinda, it just ends. It doesn't end with him and Susanna getting happily ever after or wonderful resolutions. It just, no, I'll say before the, before the last, like five minutes, something like that. I was, I, I had this, I had this kind of like, not surprise, but kind of curiosity of, of why you would pick this movie because it seemed like a pretty downer yeah, ending. Yeah, I agree. And I know I agree. you're, that, that's not usually the kind of thing that you are into. I, I agree. Know, but, and, and, and I, I, my disappointment the first time watching this and in, kind of in this one of like Susanna not having a happy ending, um, mm-hmm. You know, was it, it does seem strange to me, and I think it was simply because, um, I really enjoyed Brad Pitt's character, like and mm. Brad Pitt's acting. I and I was, as I said last week, I, I always wanted to, I always wanted to not like Brad Pitt being super gorgeous, good looking fella, um, and you know, here he is, really, really good acting, and he's got great acting around. I also liked um, Anthony Hopkins' characters, right? Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what? Absolutely. I like this show for the same reason I like a lot of Westerns. Not because they necessarily have a great story to them, but they just, I just like the people. Mm. Right? Like, I guess they didn't like Cowboys and Indians for the same reason, but um, I, I enjoyed Anthony Hopkins' dad. The screw him. Like, he was just, you know, protective of his boys. Didn't like the government for reasons that he had. Um, I liked that the older brother how he says things like I did everything right. I did everything like I was supposed to. I did everything that I, that everybody told me I was supposed to do. And still you're the favorite. Mm-hmm. And, and he can say that line and I knew exactly, yes, you're right. And I know why he's the favorite and I know why you're not the favorite and you did nothing wrong, but I still like him better. Right. right. I got, I got why Samuel was so treasured by his brothers. I, I got all that. Um, I liked Elizabeth too saying I'm going to marry Tristan when I grow up and she marries Tristan when she grows up, you know, uh, Isabella too, Isabella too. Right. And then her dad being, being an outlaw or being wanted. Right. And then coming back and getting revenge for, for her death. So, so all those things were just kind of like day or a day in the life, not day in the life, but you know, a life of, of living out there in Montana, um, back in that, that time. And, and and I really, really, I guess I really enjoyed those, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this is why one of the things, plus I like, I like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for romance things. Mm. I'm not going to sure. lie. Yeah. W- which this was. Although I'm still, I still, every time I watch it, get surprised at what happens to Susanna. Mm. Like, re- really? But, you know, I get it. Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, th- still thumbs up for me. I, I, especially for a romance type thing. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good romance western, because um, but westerns don't really have a lot of romance to them. They have a lot of um, machismo and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think back to um, 
Oh, what's the really good Western TV show we liked? Right, with the, the language. Um, Westworld or no? Oh, Deadwood. Deadwood, like Deadwood. Deadwood, like I can't. That is not a, a romance thing. No, like, there's some well, romance in it, but there's it's romance not, in it. Yeah, but it's not like a romance thing, right? And this is the only one that I can think of that's like that. So yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. I think there were there were aspects of the the 90, 90sness of it that that were distracting to me. Sure. Um, the casting, Brad Pitt's, you know, look with the hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, young Aiden Quinn. I'm used to seeing him in in different kind of roles. He he plays a, I think he's Detective Gregson in uh, in Elementary. Which uh, which character is this? Uh, uh, the brother Alfred. Oh, Alfred. Okay, yeah. The I'm older brother. Seeing, yeah, I'm used to seeing him in in older roles. The 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 portrayal of the natives is very like dances with wolves kind mm. of like it's like it's better than the way that native americans were portrayed in the 50s but is still is still a little like stereotyped and and patronizing um oh i think i think that that during that time in the 30s 40s they were they were very patronizing to the to the Indians. Like I I know that no I don't nar- mean- I, I know that the narrator was likable and they defended him and everything, but they were still treating him like a slave. Like there there was no allusions to that. Right, he was definitely not being an equal. Right, yeah, even yeah. by the family. I, I just mean the the way it was handled by the movie. Like oh, okay. as far as you know how accurate that was. Like Anthony Hopkins still being this sort of you know master of the of the property is still portrayed as like one of the good ones as it were sure um stuff like that took me out of it um but in general yeah i don't know that i don't know that i would necessarily recommend this to somebody it's a weird sort of thing because of how the because of how the story ends it's not as um it's not inspiring in the way that and inspiring is not the right word, but um, as a movie like Dances with Wolves, maybe yeah. I remember being, although it's been 15 years since I saw that movie, it might have aged, you know, about as well. Well, there's uh, definitely not a, there's definitely not a, there's definitely not a moral to this story. No, right? there's, no. Yeah. But you, like you're not, you're not learning something or they're not <laughs> telling you like Dances with Wolves is teaching you about the Indians or I'm sorry, that's a terrible word. Uh, the native Americans, right? They're, right. They're, they're teaching you about that here. They're not really teaching you about anything. No, it's just the story of this, the life of this guy who is uh, mostly kind of a jerk <laughs> <laughs> or, and, or and the then, three brothers, right? And, and the three brothers in this family and how they, um, you know, argue and separate and come back together and carry grudges and resolve some of those things. And yeah. Yeah. I, I did. There's a, there are a lot of say quotes, but they're not like one liner quote, funny quotes or any quips or anything. They're just quotes in here that I really, really did enjoy that made me feel like, like it just kind of the writing brought things together. I, I mm. one of the lines I, I said a couple of them in the spoilers. One of them I also liked was 
near the end. There's no real spoiler because it's just this guy's life. Um, when Tristan goes away and he says to Albert, like, I, I'd like for you, for spoilery reasons, I'd like for you to take care of my, my children, he tells Alfred. And Alfred looks at him and says, brother, it would be my great honor. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that just made me feel like that was not just because I was obligated or anything, but because he honestly loved his brother and respected his brother so much. Like, that, that phrase and the way it was delivered, those kind of things, the movie, I think, had a lot of for me, um, made me feel, and you're right, except for Tristan stuff, because Tristan's mostly was jerkish, but everybody else had a lot of really good lines, or um, Anthony Hopkins was, you know, screw it, screw him, that thing he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what do we got next week for you? We, I guess we can talk about this before. What, do you, what have you, what are you picking All right, this here? is, this is my pick, and I'm with family, so I, I can't decide whether to, to try and pick something that we'll watch together, or, um, just pick something and watch it on my own. Um, why don't we split the difference and watch You've Got Mail? Go I'm kind of surprised that I put this on the list because I've seen it probably a dozen times. But I have it's as been, well. <laughs> it's been a few years. Um, what in retrospect is most notable about this movie is the technology of the time. Oh yeah, this is this is going to be dated i think we're just gonna have to go into this know that everything about the technology is gonna be super dated like just everything about the the technology and the culture and yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil the lead there with that but yeah i'm i'm I'm, i'll watch this and and i don't want to like i'm not gonna even think of that i'm just gonna just right because it's it is that is what it is and that's Mm -hmm. gonna that's gonna date it but i don't know if that's necessarily the main part of this movie Um, no no Cool. All right. Cool. Well, we're we're running a little long, so we've got that. Um, I felt like I had one. Oh, you switched the. T- I switched the tab. Um, oh no, I can talk about that next week. That's not, not <laughs> nothing. Uh, just a just a reality show on Amazon Prime. That's that's pretty funny. Called Clarkson's Farm. Hmm. It's uh it's Jeremy Clarkson from uh, Grand Tour and. Um, um, Top Gear, the car show. Yeah. Um, he operates a farm during 2019 and and uh, and 2020, and it's it's pretty funny. That's huh. all. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porches episode 222. Special thanks to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you have comments or suggestions for things that we should watch and discuss, you can send us those via email. The address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we have contact forms there, comment boxes on every episode, um, the rough schedule for our, our weekly movie challenge that I probably really need to update again. Um, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.